Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome back to 12 Days Pod. I'm Dan Takaki, joined here with my co-host, partner, fiance, and the person who helps me turn off the lights, if you know what I mean, Kara Zalaya. Oh, I'm turning off those lights, baby. Yeah, you are. If you're new here, this is our holiday season podcast, one that is so seasonal that it's only relevant for 12 weeks of the year which is how long Christmas is meant to be celebrated. That's right. We love Christmas, and we love Christmas movies. So we're here to talk about some of our favorites and some of our not-so-favorites for no other reason than to have a good time. So let's get into it. Kara, darling, what are we talking about this week? This week, as part of our Season 3 kickoff, we're taking a look back at the 1944 classic Meet Me in St. Louis, starring Judy Garland as the titular St. Louis? Sure, that works. Believe it or not, neither of us had ever seen this movie before. So, dear Daniel, what did you think this movie would be about? So, I was like 90% sure this was the one where the sister was afraid that when they moved, Santa would not be able to find them. And I thought that was one of the main points of the movie, which happens in the movie. Does it? Yeah, so... In the winter part of the movie, the youngest sister is sad and scared that Santa won't be able to find them when they move to New York. Oh. And so, and then Judy Garland is like, don't worry about it. And then she just sings, have yourself a merry little Christmas. I see. I also knew that that song originated from this movie. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, I thought it was a musical with Judy Garland, which it was. And I also guessed that not the whole movie took place at Christmas, which, spoiler alert, it really None didn't. of it takes place in Christmas. There's so Barely little, any of it takes place in so Christmas. So little of this movie is Christmas. I mean, that's more than I knew. Yeah. Well, what did, what did you think this movie was going to be about? So I thought it would be this sweeping romance starring Judy Garland about a woman who falls in love when she's young, which... She does. She does. And then leaves St. Louis behind where her love mm, is. Okay. But then comes back to St. Louis. Yeah. We... This movie takes place over the course of a year, not much long, not longer than that. Yeah. I also thought that her love was a carnival barker and ah. that their love would rekindle over the St. Louis fair. Sure. Right. Uh, from my understanding, her Judy Garland's love is just a high schooler who plays basketball. It's just her next door neighbor. Yeah. And I thought that the marker would be like time that passes between Christmases. Mm, see, that could be kind of compelling. Yeah. I thought it would be great. I'm sure there's a Hallmark movie like that, though, that we can find. Mm, I can't wait. What would you call that movie? Meet Me at Christmas. Oh, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> see, that's Christmas. Reunited movie. at Christmas. That's the thing. Meet Me at Christmas is a Christmas movie. Meet Me in St. Louis is a St. Louis movie. Correct. Yes. This is through and through a St. Louis propaganda movie. Also, it doesn't even show us anything about St. Louis. Right. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Okay. So why don't you go ahead and tell me and the folks at home what this movie is about? Uh, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. This movie is about nothing. Yeah. The one sentence, TLDR, is different seasons happen in St. Louis leading up to the World's Fair over a year. And it's also a musical and it focuses on one family in St. Louis. Yeah. That's my one sentence summary. But I'm going to get into the nitty gritty of what this story is. Okay. So this movie is the story of the family living in St. Louis and the events of the year leading up to the 1904 St. Louis World's Fair. Mm. The family consists of a mother and a father named Anna and Alonzo. Four... Her name is Anna? Her name is Anna, yeah. Oh, never heard that. I know, I had to look it up. But I remember Alonzo being like, 
Anna, come on. I also didn't know that the name Lonnie came from Alonzo. I guess it does. Alonso to me sounds like French or Spanish. It sounds Italian. Now tell me if any of these names sound Italian to you. The four daughters, Rose, Esther, who's played by Judy Garland, Agnes, and Tutti. Agnes, Esther, Tutti, Tutti, Rosa. And there's also a son named Lon Jr., who is either the oldest or the second oldest of, yeah. of these, these five. There's also an unnamed grandfather who is just called Grandpa or Grandfather. And they have a housekeeper named Katie. Mm, yes. Who loves to gossip and loves to know all the juicy details like a good housekeeper. Correct. Um, so this movie is broken up into summer, fall, winter, and spring. And each season sort of has its own plot, if you can call it plot. But there's kind of some some storylines throughout each of the seasons. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to break it down season by season. I thought that would be the easiest. Spring. No, it starts in the summer. Summer. Yes. ASMR, it's summer sounds, splash, sunlight, get a tan, hey there, pass the sunscreen. Welcome to Kara's new ASMR bit. <laughs> well, <it's... laughs> Everyone's favorite, you know how people get ASMR from old timey people, you're like, pass the sunscreen. It's I'm going to do favorite. it for every season, don't okay. drag this out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, two. I won't drag it out. <laughs> splash, ah, it's sunny out. Hey, Tootie, pass the sunscreen. I will burn now. Happy summer. Also, I should point out that this is a full-ass musical, so there's songs throughout the movie, including, you know, all the hits you love, like Meet Me in St. Louis and The Boy Next Door. The Boy Next Door is a pop. Yeah. Summer starts with Rose, the oldest daughter, waiting for her boyfriend Warren to propose. Warren. But he's in New York and he doesn't. Esther falls for the boy next door, where we hear the song Boy Next Door. The boy's name is John Pruitt, and they meet each other at a house party. And it's just like a dance party they have in their house, but it's like really upbeat. Back in the days, there was nothing else to do. Nothing else to do. It was just hot, so they danced. (laughs) It was kind of like Bridgerton. Yeah. They had dance cards. They did have dance cards, which I thought was a little formal for a house party. Yeah. But there's also a ball later where they do have dance cards, which are more formal, I think. Also, Summer takes up literally the entire first half of this movie. And so it's where we meet everyone, learn everybody's quirks, but also literally nothing happens. We watched the first half of this movie and we were like, what is this? The only time the action started picking up was during the fall. Mm-hmm. So fall. 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 Russell, 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 Russell. Are those leaves? Hey, pass the pumpkin over there. Oh, yay. <laughs> I've made a jack-o'-lantern. Mmm. Cinnamon. Oh, God. <laughs> this is an excellent bit. I don't know what you're talking about. You're clearly cackling. I know. It's 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 something. I tweeted today that Olivia Wilde murdered the queen, so I'm on a roll. You're, you're doing great. Can't wait for this bit to age. <laughs> I'm sure. So fall focuses on the two younger sisters, mainly, Agnes and Tootie, who are gearing up for Halloween, where this is... Oh, yeah. It's so intense. So Upsetting. It seems like they just kind of live in the suburbs of St. Louis also. Yeah. I want to point out, the kids in the neighborhood are absolutely ruthless trick-or-treaters, and they go to people's houses and just throw bags of flour on the people who answer the door. They're also having a huge bonfire of, like, other people's furniture in the oh, middle of the yeah. street. It's chaotic. I'll say it. The kids are anarchists. Yes, they are. This is the 1904 version of anarchy. Yeah. 
Tootie is the wildest of them all and goes to the house with a mean old man and throws flour on him. And we predicted during this, this might be like kind of a Boo Radley type scene, but it's not. He is just kind of a grumpy old man and we never see him again. Yeah, no through line with him at all. Nope. Unrelated to that, though, there's a cut to later on in the night where you hear Tootie scream in the middle of the street and she gets carried home by her family members and then she accuses John, the boy that Esther likes. Yes. Of hitting her. Yeah. Uh, to which Esther responds by going over and hitting and biting John, which is no warning. He's just sitting on the porch and she goes over and she's like, how dare you? I'm going to kill you. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And then she comes back and she's like, I got him. <laughs> and Tootie's like, well, that's nice of you. And they're like, wait, Tootie, why aren't you upset? And she's like, oh, no reason. And then Agnes comes home, who is also out with Tootie. And she's like, wow, you should have seen what happened, guys. <laughs> And they were like, what did you two do? And what happened was they created a fake body and threw it on the trolley tracks to mess with the trolley driver. And then the trolley trolley almost swerved off the tracks and tipped over. And so then John grabbed the two of them and threw them in his shed to, like, keep the townspeople off of him. Sure. And so they were like... Tootie, did you lie? She's like, oopsie. Oopsie daisy. Oopsie doopsie. Just slander. And so Esther goes over to apologize to John, and then they start dating, I guess. Also, at some point between fall and winter, the dad tells the family that they're going to move to New York right after Christmas, and literally no one is happy about it. Also, the dad sucks. The, yeah, the dad, I was trying to find a comparison to the dad, and it would be like if Captain Von Trapp was, was a ugly. Nazi. <laughs> and and <Nazi>. ugly. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. We're in agreement. Uh, I was trying to pinpoint like who he yeah. was. And you know, I'm like, he's just the opposite of Captain Von Trapp in terms of every ounce of charisma he has. Sure. But sort of fulfills the same role of like, yeah. I'm in charge of the house. Next up, act three, winter. Hey, you over there. Toss me that snowball. <laughs> oh, it's cold. Jingle, 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 jingle. Is that Rudolph I see? This hits every time. You break every time. I know. I, it's true. So the third part of the movie, which is actually the last quarter of the movie timeline-wise. Yeah. It's Christmas, and they're all supposed to go to a ball. Some unimportant stuff happens, and Lon and Rose end up going to the ball together. Yeah. And then they end up going off with the people they actually wanted to go with in the first place. It's just... Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. John was supposed to take Esther to the ball but he missed the tailor like he was supposed to pick up his suit after school and he was playing basketball and lost track of time and couldn't pick up the suit and judy garland says the most iconic line in cinema i hate basketball it's it's iconic it's like she's here so esther is taken to the ball by her grandfather instead because the grandfather is like you remind me of your grandmother after the ball ends john finds esther and asks esther to marry her and I'm pretty proud that I made this connection. She does the Alexis Rose. Oh. Where she says, yes, I totally would. But my family's moving to New York. So. <laughs> she does do the Alexis Rose. Yeah. Esther goes home and Tootie is sad because, like we said before, she doesn't want to move. And she's sad that the snowman family they built out in the yard earlier in the day won't be able to come with them. Tootie sucks. Tootie's a drama she's queen. She's so fucking she's, annoying. She's the youngest of five. She's so, like, so annoying. Fucking she, younger siblings, I swear to God. She's fine. She's just 
also like five. And she's sad that Santa won't know where they are. So Esther then sings her, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Obviously that makes Tootie into an absolute wreck. And so what does she do? She says, if they can't move to New York with us, then no one can have them. And she takes a bat and goes outside and goes off on these snow people and destroys them all. And they just kind of let her go. And then kind of out of nowhere, the dad summons everyone down to the living room kind of around midnight and is like, I've decided we're not moving to New York after all. But this is a out of total nowhere you don't he doesn't really have a conversation with anybody about it he just kind of unilaterally decides it yeah which is similar to how he unilaterally decided they were going to move to to new york from st louis yeah but also the house is fully packed up oh yeah there's the dirtiest walls you've ever seen in your life with picture frame outlines just sort of there yeah and everyone's happy and they're like yay we're not going also it's christmas woohoo and they open presents and Warren, out of nowhere, runs into the house again at like midnight. And it's like, Rose, we're getting married. And he runs out again, doesn't even wait for a response. And everyone's like, okay. Congratulations. Congratulations. Warren, again, nowhere to be seen after he says it. And then spring. Hey, you over there. Why don't you stop and smell the roses? Sun. Allergy medicine. Ooh. April showers. The Mayflowers. Spring. Spring. The movie ends in spring, and they all go to the World's Fair, and they're like, wow, St. Louis is perfect. This is beautiful. And the movie ends. Hmm. That's it. It's cute. It's cute. Nothing happens. Well, two people got engaged. Well, one person Well, four got, people got engaged. One couple got engaged, and one couple was like, maybe. <laughs> Wink. I like how you winked and then remembered that you had to say wink because <laughs> they couldn't hear you. Yes, yeah, it's an audio medium. Yep. Let's just get into it. What what notes do you have? Because okay. I certainly have some. Okay, here's the thing. We posted on the 12 Days pod that we were watching this movie on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. And immediately, two of our best friends messaged me being like, I love this movie. It rips. And I think it is lovely. But to me... It seems to sit cinematically, like on Rotten Tomatoes, has like a 100% or something, which yeah. of course is a movie from the ni- 1944, so like who's rating these movies? But it seems like it sits on the same level as It's a Wonderful Life sure, and Miracle on 34th Street, mm-hmm. and I think this movie is not as good as either of those films. I would agree with that. It's not particularly compelling. I don't feel like the characters are particularly fleshed out. Mm-hmm. I do like Judy Garland because she's Judy Garland. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd rather be watching The Wizard of Oz. I also didn't super get it, like, culturally. Yeah. I think you struggle with that type of Midwestern media. Yeah. The yearning for for that that era. Yeah. I love a Regency era type of thing, right? Where it's like... Oh, the the woman has to dress a certain way and get her dance card filled to marry a, a rich person for the because there's like some sort of stakes there. Mm-hmm. Right, to, yeah. To me the stakes in like the Regency era, like the Jane Austen type thing is like not only do I have to get married because of love, I have to get married because literally my entire livelihood depends on your who stat- I marry. Your status. Right. Yeah. Right. And 
that like tension drives those stories along for me. For me, that's always the most interesting stuff. Right. That I always love a female character who hates the love interest basically right away. But mm-hmm. then, like, yeah. despite her be- best efforts, ends up falling in love with him, right? Yep. It didn't seem like there were a lot of stakes here. Warren was already basically the betrothed for Rose, and the boy next door just happened to be the first boy we saw. I will say, boy next door, super hot. Will say, very, very hot dude. Get it. I get it. I was like, you're like a classic, all-American dude. Love it. Mm-hmm. I struggle so much with Americana family dynamics because right. I find them, oh, I don't want to be this buzzkill, but I find them like really patriarchal and just generally shitty. Mm-hmm. And it makes it hard for me to like enjoy these things. I also was sort of, I compared it a little bit to Hello, Dolly. Yeah, especially the summer and spring scenes. Yes. A, a musical that I love And the movie I love as well. I'm a very big fan of Hello, Dolly. So I'm surprised at myself that I didn't super love this movie. I'm not going to be too hard on it because I think that it is just a genre thing. I don't, I don't get Midwest movies and I'm trying to, but Mm. I really struggle. That's like the number one thing I think I've learned through this podcast is that like, whether it's Christmas Vacation or even the McAllisters to a certain degree, or this. I'm just like, I don't get it. And like a Christmas story, too. Yeah, I don't get it. However, so my notes are like, I wish that there were more stakes. I wish that there was a like, will we, won't we at all in the romance? It wasn't that Mm -hmm. at all. I wish the characters had more personalities. The character that has the most personality is Tootie, and she sucks. I hate her. Um, So... (laughs) I That's hate fair. her. I, it's That's rare fair. for me to come on in here hot and being like, I hate the kid. Because famously, I love kids. You love the kid. I love the kid. But on the Colkin scale, 2D is like a 2. Yeah. Two days of Christmas. A 2T. A 2T, if, if you will. And she smells like toots. I'll say it. <laughs> I, I, and there was also, to, again, to compare it to other old movies, like when it went into the Halloween thing, I was like, oh, are we going to get into like a To Kill a Mockingbird, like Boo Radley, mm-hmm. Ameri- like childhood fears thing and then that also didn't happen would have loved that instead i mean to me it felt like there was a lot of potential that was not fulfilled because they were pushing through to the next season too quickly but also too slowly it was very slow yeah i i will say the second half of the movie moved a lot quicker than the first yeah you know the second half being fall and winter right. versus the summer. I was saying after we finished watching it that I feel like if I had seen this movie when I was like a kid and it had been a part of my upbringing, upbringing I would have felt differently about it. I saw It's a Wonderful Life probably when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I didn't see Miracle on 34th Street, I think that movie is is perfect and wonderful. Well, that's a New York movie. That's not a Midwest movie. Oh, it's movie. a New York movie. Yeah. Th- and this is a St. Louis movie. You're right. Mm-hmm. All in all, I would raise the stakes. I would give the characters a little bit more tension. Some of the songs were really good. I liked The Boy Next Door. I enjoyed this movie for what it was. I think that for your Christmas classics, the ones that we've seen before are significantly better. Yeah. With the exception of A Christmas Story. A Christmas Which story. I still hate. Yeah. What did you think about it? I certainly am not as spicy on this movie <laughs> no as picantes. you are. No picantes. So... This movie, though, did make me feel like I have to recalibrate something. What do you mean? One of my most infamous moments on the pod is... Oh, yes. 
I have said over and over, It's a Wonderful Life is not a Christmas movie. And your most piquant take, outrageous, (laughs) the definitive Christmas movie. Okay, first off, no, it's not. It's not the definitive Christmas movie. It's 100%. It's people are nostalgic because there's parts of it that take place at Christmas. I will say, there's significantly more Christmas during It's a Wonderful Life. And the stakes of It's a Wonderful Life take place at Christmas. Yes. And so, as much as it pains me to feel like I need to retract something, I'm not too proud to admit that I've been wrong. Wow. It's a Wonderful Life is a Christmas movie because there is no world where Meet Me in St. Louis is a Christmas movie. Yeah. Okay, Judy Garland sings a beautiful, if not the beautiful, iconic version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Right. Undeniably a Christmas song, a Christmas moment, Mm -hmm. but not a Christmas movie. Yeah. I can see that. You know, if that scene didn't happen in the movie, it wouldn't change the stakes of the movie. Right. You know, and so that's the only, like, specific Christmas moment. Like, they they could just be going to a ball in the winter, you know? (laughs) They could just be up after the ball when Warren proposes to Rose. That is the one Christmas moment in the movie, and I think it's a good moment. It's a beautiful moment, and it is very sweet. But one moment does not make a movie, a yeah. Christmas movie. I was just thinking right now of what our other episode we've done in the second episode slot, because we tend to do the classic. And last year we did White Christmas. A Christmas movie. A Christmas movie that to me, White Christmas might be more similar to Meet Me in St. Louis than the other ones that I compared it to, just because it's a musical. It's got that sort of like Hello Dolly-esque vibe. Sure. It's in color. Yeah, it is in color. (laughs) I liked White Christmas. I think White Christmas is lovely. I love White Christmas. That's one of my favorite Christmas movies. I I like White Christmas quite a bit. Yeah. It's significantly better than Meet Me in St. Louis, in my opinion. And also, (laughs) more weird shit happens in White Christmas. Yeah, you get that choreography number. Exactly. So how would you make this better? How would I make this better? Well, I, I I think the thing you have to do is raise the stakes, like you said. Yeah. I think if you want to make it about the year leading up to the World's Fair, that's fine. That was the best part to me when they were like at the World's Fair and they were like, this is the greatest city. And I'm like, great. Show us. Why? why, Show, don't tell. Yeah. Why am I only getting like three set pieces where it's like the inside of your house? The inside of your house would be great anywhere. You live in a friggin' mansion. Yeah. Mansion. Mansion. (laughs) I mean, the way to make this better is, okay. First off. Tootie, dead. No. There are five kids in this family. And I understand that the nuclear family in the 1900s was probably about that size, if not significantly larger. Sure. But for the sake of the movie, we didn't focus at all on Lon or Agnes. And so we don't need them. Cut them out and just devote time to Rose, Esther, and Tootie. Yeah. It's almost oops all vibes. Oops all family vibes. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this isn't like the super greatest family I've ever seen, though. I mean, you throw cool parties, but like, whatever. I guess I wish I could see them interacting with more families, kind of like how like in Bridgerton, where it's like, you know, there's like like gossip and drama between the families and stuff like that. And so maybe a little more interpersonal dynamics with, with the family and with other people outside of the family i think because it's all contained within the family and all the there's no like family drama so to speak yeah and so there's not like a lot happening the only drama is oh rose wants warren to propose to her warren doesn't 
and there's all that back and forth and there's like we don't get a ton of time with esther and john together too even though we're, we're supposed to have they're supposed to have this like sweet next door neighbor love they just turn off the lights and then they get married <laughs> yeah and so i for a movie that's got a lot of filler they don't use the filler yeah well. that said i don't dislike this movie as much as you did and i'm not like as spicy about this movie as you did i like this movie i think it's sweet and i think it's a pretty wholesome movie but it's just not a christmas movie <laughs> also my other note is just about the concept of a world's fair oh i love the concept of world so World's here's fair. the thing i do too and it it bums me out because there's no world now in which we could host or have a world's fair oh, you know yeah like it the the idea for a world's fair right now is so ludicrous because it imagines this like utopia world where right here's the thing i have a very when i envision a world fair i think of two things i think of walt disney because sure. epcot was like this whole mm-hmm. world's fair thing carousel of progress like it's very that vibe and aesthetic which i love yeah and two my grandfather went to the world's fair in queens yeah and my grandfather, who was like an entrepreneur in Honduras, so he was Latino, but he served in the war with Americans. So he spoke English like an American. Mm-hmm. And he would go, he went to the World's Fair in Queens and he would come, go to New York to like learn about ladies fashion so that he could sell women's clothing back in Honduras. And to me, that's like very romantic and beautiful. But yes, in a time in which you can basically get products from anywhere in the world, it's kind of impossible. Yeah. Also, I would love to see the list of participating countries in the World's Fair back in the day. Right, exactly. And also the thing about a World's Fair is like, who's going, you know? Yeah. I, rich, rich people from rich, the countries. Rich people from the countries and then the people working at it are the people who live in this city yeah city where they host it yeah and then like influencers i mean we do have the world's fair every year it's called vidcon i don't think that's the world's fair of all of the of all of the cons and festivals you chose vidcon yeah i chose vidcon okay i think that there's more nationalities present at vidcon than in the other ones not like south by southwest no south by southwest is just austin Let's put the train back on the tracks. Do you want to learn some fun facts? Wow, what a great rhyme. Yes, I would love to. (laughs) So speaking about trains. Yes. Planes, automobiles, and maybe a trolley. Mm. Judy Garland recorded the trolley song in a single take. Oh. Very impressive. That was a fun little song. I did enjoy that song. It was a good dance, dance and song number on the trolley. Yeah. So the book on which the film is based on originally ran as a weekly feature in the New Yorker magazine in 1942. Hmm. The movie was based on the real life experiences of novelist Sally Benson. The character of Agnes was based on her own vantage point, though her nickname was Tootie as a little girl. Oh, so she created two characters. Yes. It's interesting because Agnes is like not really featured heavily in this. Yeah, exactly. So Agnes is the watcher. Mm. Oh, interesting. Mm. So the film was this huge box office smash, grossing more money than any prior MGM release in 20 years, with the exception of Gone with the Wind in 1939. Oh, well, So everyone went to go see it. Good for them. All right, let's get into some of the not fun things. Oh, no. Well, this film does star Judy Garland. Okay. Who has quite the past sure you're not as acquainted with judy garland as i am and you learned in preparation for this movie that judy garland was liza minnelli's mom yeah 
So Judy Garland scoffed at the idea of portraying yet another teenager. Mm -hmm. She was 21 when filming began for this movie. Yeah. And wanted nothing to do with the film. However, Vincente Minnelli convinced her to play the part of Esther Smith. And Garland later fell in love with the story. In her later years, she considered it one of her favorite roles. Vincente Minnelli and Judy Garland met on the set of this movie. She was 21. He was almost 40. Okay. Hate that. And they married soon afterwards. Minnelli was the director for the film, and Garland claimed she married him because she felt extremely beautiful during the film. Hmm. <laughs> they had a child, mm -hmm. Liza. Right. But then divorced in 1951 as Minnelli was having an affair with a man. Oh, fun. So that's some fun facts. I don't know if those are very fun. It's not very Christmas. This is not a very Christmas episode, guys. Sorry about that. The Halloween sequence on the street outside of the Smith home primarily was filmed from low angles so that the movie audience would experience the Halloween night as though they were seeing it through the eyes of a child. Mm, smart. That's why it's so weird looking. To me, it just feels so like... It's, it, it feels like a fully different set piece. And yeah, like yeah. Direction to go. So yeah, I guess that makes sense. The Trolley Song was ranked number 26, and Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas was ranked 72 by the American Film Institute in 2004 on the 100 Greatest Songs in the American, in American Film list. Oh, that's good. Right. So, like, the Trolley Song was 26, and Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas was 72. And, like, I love the Trolley Song. A bop. A bop. But Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas... I mean, it just goes to show you that this isn't a Christmas movie. One thing I want to talk about the trolley song, though. Go ahead. Is when they sang it, for those of you who don't know, it's it's the song that goes like, clang, 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 went the trolley. Ding, ding, <laughs> ding, went the bell. Yeah. The reason I knew that song was because there's a Simpsons episode. I think it's a Treehouse yes. of Horrors episode. I told you about this while we were watching. Where Bart and Homer get on a rocket ship when the Earth is ending that's headed towards the sun. Because they want to kill off all of the annoying people faster than the Earth would if it were to disintegrate on their own. And so all the people on the plane are who the writers of The Simpsons deemed the worst people, right? Yeah. And there's a Rosie O'Donnell character <laughs> who gets up on the plane and is shooting uh, like koosh balls around at people and singing this I'm song. I'm sorry, what was that word? Koosh balls? What's a koosh ball? You know, like the little like um, a koosh ball. <laughs> it's a little ball. That's got like the little like tendril things. Little kushas. Yeah, it's like, it's a thing. It's, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> what the it. fuck are you talking okay, about? Okay, imagine a ball that is about the size of a grapefruit, right? Okay, softball. Sure, about that size, yes. But instead of it being a solid ball, there's just a little rubber ball in the middle. And then all of the parts on the outside are these like little rubber like tendril things. And so like it looks like a little, like a little dust ball, but the dust, but like instead of it. <laughs> Being dust. Do you not know what a If I showed you what this was, you would know what I'm talking about. Koosh ball. How do you spell cooch? Koosh. K-O-O-S-H. Koosh ball. I don't know how else to describe it other than... Koosh? Oh. Yeah. I know what these things are. Yeah, it's a koosh ball. <laughs> Stop saying koosh ball at us. This 12 Days Pod episode, hashtag, I don't know koosh ball. IDK, oosh ball. IDK Ooshball. If you're on team, I don't know Kushball. And if you agree with me, go to the website www.iknowwhatakushballis.com. <laughs> oh, no, it's most definitely pornography. Well, Someone has put a Kushball. Stop with your vulgarity. 
Once again, that website is www.iknowwhatacooshballis.com. Are you planning on buying the URL? We'll see what happens. <laughs> well, I love this pet project for you. The last fun fact is that while the film chronicles one year in the life of the Smith family, it actually only covers six days that are represented in the telling of the story, which yeah. is kind of why it doesn't feel like we really it get moves. in it. Yeah. Yeah. Three in summer, Halloween, Christmas Eve, and then one morning in spring. Wow. We get we don't even get a full day of Christmas. No, it's just, just Christmas a morning Eve. and spring. A full just one Christmas Eve and three days in summer. Yeah. And that those those days are felt time wise too. Yes. Like we get a little bit of Christmas, a full day in fall. Yes. Three full days in summer. And I'd say each of those is about twenty minutes. Each day and segment of a day is about twenty minutes. Yep. Yeah. So those it. are my fun facts. Some some interesting fun facts, like we learned what a koosh ball was, and um, we learned... No one has ever heard of this. That's literally untrue. What? You you just ask your mom, hey mom, want to buy me a koosh ball? Yeah. Pamela? Yeah. Knows what a... I'm going to ask Pam. I'm going to text her right now. <laughs> Not right now. It's 11 p.m., but <laughs> tomorrow. Okay. I'm nervous because I think she's going to think I'm saying something inappropriate. Yeah. No, she's no, she's going to know what you're talking about. All righty, folks. As we do every episode, it's time for our definitive ranking of this movie. As is tradition, we base our rankings around the 12 days of Christmas. So, out of 12 days of Christmas, how many days of Christmas is Meet Me in St. Louis for you, dear Dan? With my scores, I'm going to have to do some adjustments to previous scores to give this movie a score well like a 12 I, days pod first a 12 days pod first like i said i am changing my mind about it's a wonderful life previously i had given that movie seven swans a swimming okay. out of 12 which in hindsight not very nice no i gave it that low of a score it was the third movie we watched because i didn't think it was a christmas movie sure but after watching this i am going to bump that movie now that i'm calling it a christmas movie to 11 Piper's Piping. Yes, correct. A score that it deserves. It does. And I'm giving Meet Me in St. Louis Seven Swans of Swimming. It is That is now bumping into my, this is a pretty good movie, but it's not a Christmas movie movie slot mm-hmm. for me. And that's my thoughts on that. It's like, this is, a, this is a pretty good movie. I don't think I'd ever watch this again. Mm-hmm. I don't have any interest in watching this again. I certainly don't like it as much as I liked It's a Wonderful Life or Miracle on 34th Street. Or White Christmas. White Christmas. And so, like, of the older movies we've seen, it's certainly on the lower end. Yeah. But it's still pretty good. Yeah. And I like it. It's just not a Christmas movie for me. What yeah. about you? I hear that fully. I'm actually not giving it that much lower than what you are giving it. Okay. I'm going to give it six geese laying. Oh. Yes. And the Can- reason being that I feel like if I was visiting a friend's mom in Iowa... <laughs> And it was Christmas. Sure. And she was like, I want to watch Meet Me in St. Louis. This means something to me. And I was served like a like a hot chocolate. Yeah. And we just sort of sat there and like gabbed the whole time about Judy. I would really love it. Yeah. And then I would have that memory, which I think is like the necessary part of really loving this movie. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Context matters. Context matters. When you watch the movie matters. Us watching it and 
early September when it's still 90 degrees outside is a different vibe. Yeah, it's a different it vibe. feels like the summer portion of that. Exactly. And we're like, why are you so excited about summer? So I'm going to give it six geese a laying because I think that there is the potential for me to love this movie. However, would I ever watch this movie again? Absolutely not. On your own fruition. On my own fruition. If somebody right. else was like, hey, let's watch it. I'd watch it six more times. Five right. more times. Great. Thank you so much for listening. We're only 72 days away from Christmas, and we hope to spread as much Christmas spirit as possible. Please share this with your friends if they aren't already listening, and be sure to hit us up on Twitter.com. Yeah. Twitter.com slash 12dayspod. Join us for our next episode, available now, part of our Season 3 kickoff. I'm so excited about this one. We haven't watched it at the time of recording this, but... I know it's going to be a doozy. Back by popular demand, the second installment of the A Christmas Prince trilogy. Thank you. A Christmas Prince, The Royal Wedding. I'm so fascinated about this movie. I'm not going to give away my predictions for what I think this movie is going to be about yet, but I think it's going to be a little spicy. A little spicy. I can't wait to see if there's any other Christmas princes, because certainly... As the name implies, there's more than one Christmas prince. You keep saying this. We'll have to find out next episode. We have to. And as we say every episode, Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas.